This is Jonathan Armstrong with this week's Tech Law 10. And thanks very much for joining us. I'm over here in the UK. In fact, in uh, Stratford-on-Avon, William Shakespeare's birthplace today. Eric, you're in California. And across the pond, I've managed to crack into your iPhone. And something tells me that that's troubling you. What do you think? <laughs> yes, and even Bill Shakespeare could not crack this particular nut. Well, there's been so much legal skirmishing, Jonathan, as you know, um, and as the public well knows, about um, the federal government of the United States seeking to uncrack that particular iPhone uh, implicated in the San Bernardino uh, unfortunate shootings of not that long ago. And Apple, uh, you know, in the legal fight has been resolved. And then all of a sudden, Jonathan, it appears that that legal fight is just dissipated because it appears that the FBI on its own has unlocked the iPhone without Apple's help. So let me discuss that with you, and I'll just disclose that you know, some of this information I'm getting comes from Wired. Um, so like I said, the Department of Justice here has cracked the iPhone of one of the San Bernardino shooters, uh, apparently, and that's reported, and therefore is now abandoning its efforts in the courts to get Apple to assist in the effort to open up that phone. So prosecutors um, have withdrawn their motion uh, before the court to crack this phone and has reportedly said as follows. This is what the prosecutors have said. The government has now accessed the data stored on Syed Farouk's iPhone and therefore no longer requires the assistance from Apple Inc close quote. Um, and this unlocking by the FBI um, or by the Department of Justice, which has been acting on behalf of the FBI, uh, comes after you know, many weeks of uh, tensions between, frankly, technology companies and law enforcement agencies, because it's not just Apple in this case that has been resisting the effort to open up this phone, but Apple has been um, supported in these efforts by other tech companies and other civil liberties groups that have argued um, strongly that you know, this particular case potentially represents a very dangerous precedent when our federal government can go in and crack an otherwise closed uh, phone. Um, mm -hmm. So in the wake of the FBI claiming that it has unlocked this phone, uh, you know, a Apple still takes the position that the case itself never should have been brought. Um, and a statement issued by the company has said that Apple would continue to help law enforcement agencies with investigations where it can, where it can, but, but it also, quote, will continue to increase the security of our products as threats and attacks on our data become more frequent and more sophisticated, close quote. And obviously, Jonathan, Apple wants its customers to know that it's not just going to roll over and allow the federal government or others to potentially get into and find out about uh, communications taking place on Apple uh, devices. Um, now, withdrawing of the order to compel Apple to frankly create a new operating system for the U.S. government uh, follows reports um, that the FBI was actually helped by a private security company 
in cracking uh, this particular phone. And indeed, uh, the day before both sides, you know, the government and Apple, were set to uh, face off against each other, then the Department of Justice filed a motion to postpone that hearing uh, because it had been reported that uh, the government had found a way to get into the phone uh, otherwise. And around that time, uh, there were some um, suggestions that an Israeli security company called Celebrite was reported to be helping uh, the U.S. government officials access that phone. Now, what's interesting is uh, there haven't really been any official details given on what the method was that was employed to get into uh, this phone, and it's been previously reported that the government is going to try to keep that uh, classified. Um, so is this the end of uh, potential uh, uh, dealings between Apple and the government on this? Well, maybe not. Um, Apple may, according to the Electronic Frontier Foundation, EFF, may have to ask or may want to ask the FBI to reveal how this phone was accessed. So, access, so mm -hmm. Apple knows, uh, you know, about that, and then Apple will decide, you know, going further, for, forward, if it has that information, what to do. Will Apple employ, you know, other means to prevent that method from being, being used to crack its phones? Because if the government can do that with the help, supposedly, this Israeli company, well, you know, who else? potentially could start cracking the phones. So likely this is not the end of the debate about uh, law enforcement access to secure products. In fact, it might very well be the beginning, Jonathan. So on that note, I turn it over to you yeah. for some brief thoughts. Well, I agree with you. I mean, as the, as the great man said, this isn't, uh, I think, the end, nor is it the beginning of the end. I mean, I think it could easily be Tech Law 120, I think, to discuss these issues. And I think it, uh, there are a number of issues it raises. I mean, first of all, I think that I know from personal experience there have been some, and I don't lump the FBI in this, but some very inappropriate use of uh, powers to force technology and other businesses to release information when the requesters can get information in a much better and compliant way. And I think, uh, as, as you know, Eric, I was threatened personally with uh, whatever I was threatened with by one, um, I don't know whether you have the word tin pot, but a, uh, you know, a minor functionary in a uh, law enforcement organization last year. And in unforgivable circumstances, and, and at least the uh, lawyers to that organization had the good grace to apologize. But it seems to me that uh, many in law enforcement, and I don't include in this really almost the, the proper law enforcement, uh, I include those who are relatively junior at, at minor law enforcement agencies that are dishing out requests for cooperation like confetti. The law here is quite clear these sort of uh, unlocking requests are meant to be a last resort, not a first. And I'm not suggesting that that was what the FBI did in this case, but I hope that this case will mean that law enforcement agencies of whatever flavor look very seriously at their own procedures and how they can help themselves to the information they need rather than lean on others 
and particularly, you know, threaten lawyers, I would say I've got a vested interest, with person proceedings simply for asking what their request is. Um, so that's one hobby horse ticked, if you'll allow that, Eric. Um, but I think the more worrying thing, from my point of view, is those corporates who currently use Apple devices for business communications. And there are many of them. There's been a migration from you know, BlackBerry devices, for example, in the legal industry, to yeah. Apple devices. It seems to me that anybody using an Apple device now who has the data of European subjects on it must conduct a review uh, today. Um, the law is quite clear. The UK legislation, for example, says appropriate technical and organizational measures shall be taken against unauthorized or unlawful processing of personal data and against accidental loss or destruction of or damage to personal data. We know, and it's a matter of record, I guess, in the US proceedings now, that there is a flaw in the Apple operating system for that device. Um, you know, the FBI presumably uh, have filed information in the US courts uh, to say that in, in, in withdrawing their motion. So any corporation that is what's called a, a data controller, so they possess data on individuals, now has to look at that flaw and decide whether they should move off Apple Estate or whether they should put additional measures in place, you know, something like um, uh, a, a, a Citrix tunnel if they don't already have it or Computrace or some measure to look at, at what's going on on that device. And that seems to me to be a requirement of the law. And Apple, in some respects, are now between a rock and a hard place, because if they don't know what the floor is, it seems to me that most organizations are going to have to review what they do and possibly move to different devices unless and until the magnitude of the back door, uh, whether it was an intentional back door or not, is fixed. Because as you say, Eric, the difficulty is that the FBI in this case may be the good guys but once that exploit is out in the wild, and I say good luck to anybody who tries to protect it forever, because I don't think uh, I, I don't think that's how the world works. But once that exploit is out in the wild, then it seems that the bad guys can use that uh, exploit as well. So I think it's a troubling case in a lot of respects. As I say, I'm hoping that uh, uh, some law enforcement organisations behave more responsibly when they make these requests and, and, and see this case as a sign to do that. But also more worryingly, I think, for corporations, they know that if they're using Apple devices, there's a potential compromise there and, and they have to act accordingly. And the new European rules, as you know, which will come in in two and a half years' time, will make that obligation even clearer and, 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 and make the penalties more severe. So organizations have to be good at reviewing these potential risks and acting. I think you're right. And in fact, I know at least for some period of time, I don't know if it's still true, but for a long period of time, our own federal government officials were required to use Blackberries because they were deemed more secure than other devices. All right, well, this has been an interesting topic. I imagine we'll be revisiting it again in the future. Uh, keep sending us your thoughts and ideas for future podcasts. I'm Eric Sinrod at Dwayne Morris in San Francisco. My email address is ejsinrod at DwayneMorris.com. You can find us on all the usual 
social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and then Jonathan, if you can bring it home. Yes, thank you very much, Eric, and thanks for listening. Do engage with us on this or other topic. You can communicate with us clear and unencrypted if you uh, wish to do so. And um, we look forward to speaking to you in a week or so with another topic. Meantime, I'm uh, Jonathan Armstrong, jonathan.armstrong at cordycompliance.com. Do communicate with us on LinkedIn or however you feel, and we'll speak to you again in a week or so. Thanks for listening. Cheers. 